We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in, Monday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. Recapping Troy, the week in SEC football. Week in college football in general, one game remaining, Georgia Tech hosting uh, Clemson or playing Clemson. No, it's in Atlanta. Uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech, and uh, well, I guess it would be in Atlanta anyway. It's at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta as part of the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff weekend. But we'll uh, hit all those things. We'll also look ahead to week two lines, Ole Miss playing Central Arkansas. So no line on that one. That'll be a, it'll be a victory for all the Niels Picks boys here this weekend uh, in Oxford. Night game, the first one of those. So that and more coming up on the show. Show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch special today, chicken spaghetti. If you're in town, stop on over. You can get uh, bread and any size fountain drink you would uh, you would like with that. So chicken spaghetti or um, the special there at the Oxford Exxon. Download the Exxon mobile app. Take advantage of that. Save a little money at the pump. 1,000 bonus points, 1,000 bonus points equals $10, including maybe even the tank you're filling up at the time. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Well, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Uh, guests will join this week on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford, a great place to stop and uh, grab a burger, a po' boy, just a drink, a beer, whatever the case may be, if you're in uh, for the weekend. And uh, also don't forget about Rafters in New Albany as well. So we talked a good bit about uh, Troy during the post-game show. Neil joined Jeffrey brian as uh, as well you get that in podcast form up wherever you are finding this here podcast so there's no reason to hit a uh hit a ton of it but a couple days later you know i i think it's interesting from the standpoint of some of the fan reaction and i'm trying not to paint with too broad of a brush but people frustrated some people in a wait and see mode and an incomplete mode almost did not play well in some areas for sure first game 
I, I think, though, we knew that going in. They didn't uh, play well in the second half yeah. of a game that they'd already blown o- yeah. open. I think there's a difference. There's obviously quarterback stuff still going on. Luke Altmaier will start Saturday against Central Arkansas. We don't know what that will look like moving forward from there. We can all have guesses. I've got a guess, but that's where we are. Um, defense, for the most part, was okay. They were good. Like I, You know, what's interesting, I guess, is my point is – Ole Miss has clearly taken steps as a program, and I don't know that the entirety of the fan base has caught up to that and, and, and pointed out and noticed that what people are griping about or fussing about or unsure about, it's an incredibly heightened expectation because in the past, what they looked like on Saturday would have been the norm or even above average, and it's credit to Kiffin. It's credit to a lot of different things. But when you're talking about, oh, the floor could be 7-5, and five, well, the floor is 7-5. and five. That's That's not – that's not a bad thing. There's lots of teams where the floor could be seven and five if that's what you're, if that's what you're thinking. You know, it, it's a deal where I think in some ways you got to take step back, got to take a breath. I'm not really doing the ledge thing, but at the same time, there was nothing about that game Saturday that made you went, oh, oh my God, they are in deep trouble and it's never going to be fixed and they have no chance. There was literally nothing about that game on Saturday. There are some things that if I were you, I'd be a little concerned about. There's things that I didn't necessarily think was 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 good, but at the same time, that game. As Neil said, it was a blowout in the first half. Troy was never in danger of winning the football game. I thought the defense played well. I, I've been a little surprised by some of the angst around the defensive play for the most part because if there was a problem, it was on the defensive front. Troy was throwing underneath, which is going to allow you to complete passes. So I know everybody's talking about the 275 and all that stuff. Um, but that's not really indicative of anything to me. It's just one game. We'll see moving forward. They're going to be 4-0, barring some crazy thing at Georgia Tech next week that I do not anticipate. I think everybody just need to stop and take a breath. It was not that bad. There's no doubt about that. So I, I don't even understand what people are talking about. I thought the defense was really good until the second half when the game was over. If you want to argue that they kind of lost their focus and lost their intensity, okay, that happens, though. I think people, are, for being honest, are pissed off they didn't cover a line. Are you really? Yeah. I mean, I give Kiffin tons of credit. He was very honest about this was a preseason game. It's what it is. He's got that NFL background. It comes out frequently. Not just his year as the Raiders coach, but he grew up the son of an NFL assistant coach. The NFL plays preseason games. College doesn't. He knew that they weren't losing to Troy, and he knows they're not losing to Central Arkansas. They're not. So approach those games as let's try some things. Like in the second half, they could have kept running the ball. Troy wasn't stopping the run. But they did some other things because he needed to get that stuff on film for himself. He needed to, He's evaluating quarterbacks. He's trying to get Dart to do certain things. And so you just do those things. And I just think there's a tendency to – I talked to someone yesterday. It was my brother. He was like, you know, Freeze would have blown out that game. And I was like, yeah, but Freeze wanted to blow out that game. I don't think it mattered to Lane whether they won 35-3 to or 28-10. to I don't, I don't think it mattered to him at all. It didn't change a thing. Yeah, and I think sometimes – and this isn't even a criticism of Hugh. I just think sometimes Hugh liked the style points of the big, big win. I don't think Lane cares. Lane knows what's coming in October and November, and he's trying to get his team ready for it. He's trying to get his team ready for the regular season by using these preseason games as tune-ups. I doubt if there was a fire and brimstone halftime speech. So, yeah, you know, it was hot. 
the atmosphere changed in the second half. A lot of people that were in the crowd probably got hot. Sure. Said the game's over and head back to the bar or the tailgate or whatnot. So the atmosphere changed. The intensity disappeared a little bit. To Troy's credit, they kept playing. First-year coach, team first game. Trying to set a mindset. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of credit. A lot of credit to them for playing really hard in the second half of the game. But there was a bigger picture than winning that game 42-10. to 10. Yeah, yeah, it could be Lane basically said, I can run the ball all day long, but I'm not going to. I'm going to throw it. We're going to see what we got. We're going to work on that. It was the pitcher who goes, I don't care if I'm getting hit. I'm working on change-ups today. I'm just going to throw change-ups. Yeah. I'm going to place yeah. those. Yeah. Or they know fastball's coming, but you know what? I'm trying to work on my fastball. Yeah. So who gives a damn where they hit it? Yes, if you hit it, you hit it. These, these stats don't count. And these stats count, but they won the game. I mean, there was never a moment. There was never a single moment in that game where you wondered, hey, is Troy going to come back and win? No. Any more than there's ever going to be a moment this week where Central Arkansas is a threat to beat Ole Miss. They're not. So he's got he's got at least one more week of preseason. By the way, did you see the announcement did, about yeah. times? Yeah, yeah so. I did. That impacting a podcast schedule today? Yeah, it, it's probably going to mean I just won't get to Lane's presser and I'll cover it off the thing. For those uh, curious, if you're expecting to hear what Lane has to say today, that has been moved to the afternoon, so that coverage will be at rebelgrove.com. Everything pushed back from this morning. Just my my question is, did practice time change? Because I've got two player press Yeah, yeah I knew what, you, yeah, I've got, I, I, I've I knew got, what you're – I'm taping with both Troy Brown and Davis and Igbenosin today, so I'm curious whether that has changed. Yeah. I knew what you were step stepping to when you when you asked that question in the yeah. in the stream. Now look, Jackson Dart made his first start as the Ole Miss quarterback. He played some last year. He's going to have some this deals. I've been telling. I mean, in some ways, I actually you know look, we have plenty of opportunities to beat up the media, and they do plenty of things to deserve it. The media basically pointed out exactly what Jackson Dart was going to do well and and, and poorly on Saturday, and that's what he did. It literally fit the script of what we have seen throughout camp. There was nothing about that that was a surprise to me yeah. in any way. He is an incredibly talented kid that yeah. has a ton of upside, a ton of potential, and is going to be a very, very good quarterback. He also is going to have growing pains and have to get over some of the things that are negatives to him right now. That's who Jackson Dart is. That's other, who Matt Corral was in 19. Other than the pick, what did you, if you were looking to pick him apart a little bit, what did you think he did um, erratically I, or poorly. And it wasn't necessarily – I mean, it, it's a small snapshot, but I thought the overthrows in the first half when he could have gotten into a rhythm. Yeah. I thought if you complete a couple of those, we could have kind of got it going, saw him a little bit, see what that looks like. And when he – I guess I know he missed Mingo, and I forget who the other receiver was that he missed. When he missed a couple of those, it, it bogged it down – and didn't kind of let it see him on schedule and see what he looks like running the offense from a passing standpoint. So really that. I mean, it was it, – it's nitpicking a little, but, again, it's one game. It's a small sample size. And it's also a little bit of confirmation bias because we were expecting potential overthrows. So when overthrows happen, you want to see that's kind of what he does. So I, I will also admit that that's probably why it's – sticking in my mind a little bit from that standpoint. But, look, I, th I thought he got outside the pocket okay. I thought he moved well. I thought he made a couple really nice throws on third down. He, It was not going to be a game plan or a day where he went and threw for 350, and he didn't. I know the stats were pretty were, were, were pretty suspect or mediocre in some ways, but he was okay. He was fine. I mean, and this is the deal, too. 
And I think this is worth noting where we all accept and mention our basically our lack of football acumen when when we look at these first two weeks because somebody goes, well, you know, Luke's going to play against Central Arkansas and they're not going to be as good as Troy and you can't take that and look at what Jackson did and make this firm comparison. Lane Kiffin is not going to pick up two stat sheets and go, oh, wow, Altmaier threw for 240 and no. Dart threw for 167, so Luke's the quarterback. No. It goes so much deeper than that that that's not even part of this. It's going to be about reads and how quickly he does things relative to himself or what Ole Miss needs, not even relative to Ar- to Central Arkansas speed. I mean, there that's going to be a very deep dive into these two quarterbacks. I think Lane gave it away. He said it twice Saturday night. You were doing a postgame show, so you didn't necessarily hear yeah. it. He said he was talking about the timing of the passing game. Mm-hmm. Who can run the timing of the passing game? Get get the ball out, make the read, make the throw that correlates with that read. Don't hitch. I think you talked about how Jackson on that one pick hitched a couple of times. Ball needed to have come out. There's timing. Move the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we don't get everything right, but we kind of got this part right. If you told me we're four weeks of this, I, I wouldn't argue. He's not going to just name a starter. He said that. I'm not just going to name a starter. Someone's got to go win the job. If there's frustration, and I think that's probably the strong word, it's that nobody has just claimed the job. I think based on talking to people who have talked to Lane, I think Lane believed that Jackson Dart would come in and just win the job. And he just hasn't. Personally, I think that's some of his frustration with that scout team mock game scrimmage thing the other day. That Dart did not play overly well that day, and it was a chance to sort of go. He didn't go. Yeah, and, and, and you know, they've had the same frustrations with Altmaier that we've talked about since the spring which is the timing of that passing game. For that offense to be humming, you've got to take some deep shots. You saw them take some deep shots Saturday. Lane referenced it. The longest pass play was 22 yards. Yeah. I think he thought that's probably not – That's not good. That's not what we are about. That's, it's going to be – when you play SEC teams, it's going to be hard to win a game where the longest pass plays 22 yards. doesn't mean you can't, but it's going to be hard to win a game like that. And so they're trying to figure out who can who who can take his weaknesses and at least mitigate them and accentuate his strengths. And so far, I thought Jackson did okay. I really did. I thought that he had some moments where he did really well. He had some series though like you said, but but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that first game in yeah, that sure. uniform, first game in that stadium you can't simulate game hyped day. up. I'm sure he was super hyped. I'm sure he was a little jittery. He's 19. He was excited. Made some made some mistakes, but he, I thought he settled in and did some good things. And then they were going to get him out, and then he threw the pick. And Lane didn't want him to finish on a pick, and so they brought him back in. And then they still had another bad series. And I think that's where things bogged down, and the frustration kicked in a little bit. And Troy had a couple of drives, and et cetera. And that was it. 
Well, they didn't really even get Luke to look because they wanted to get him that extra series, and the and Caleb bungled the snap, and then yeah. that went sideways. Yeah, they brought Luke in to get a series, and the series lasted all of about six. He never touched the ball. Seconds. Yeah, the ball didn't. The <laughs> so, ball didn't get to Luke. Yeah, and so Troy got it back, and <laughs> and again, if you had to be in the stadium, this was one of those had to be in the stadium to understand. You might have sensed this on television, but the it, the environment from half one to half two was completely different. And you, you were JJ Henry called a ball. People would have a different opinion right now. Sure, I mean seriously. Sure, that's fifty-five more yards to dart. Suddenly he throws for two ten. Yeah, and you go okay. Sure, got a pass play and another touchdown, and it was a good throw. It was a good throw. I couldn't tell if JJ dropped it or if the Troy guy did hit. I it. I think but. the Troy guy had good coverage. Yeah, you know Troy was trying to. And again, I mean. Some credit to them because they played really hard in the second half. They did. There probably was a fire and brimstone speech on their side. John's got to chill a little, and he will. He will. Yeah. Yeah. Probably was a little geeked up himself. Yeah. He'd like probably to do over the first that instance that incident in the first quarter a little bit. Yeah, he would like to have that back. They were getting ready to get the call right, and he went down there and lost his mind. And yeah, drew a penalty. Probably broke a headset. I think he broke the headset. Well, he threw it down hard. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I just don't think there's a lot to read from the quarterback play in game one. I could be I could be wrong, but I don't. And you made a point to me. I think we were just talking on the phone yesterday. I don't think it was on the show. I, when you go back and look at it, I, again, things they could do better for sure. I didn't necessarily – they don't have the dude yet, but I didn't think the wide receivers were terrible. I think they were okay. They were they were they were they were they were fine. Yeah, they were fine. They fine's the word. They were not, but that doesn't mean bad. They were fine. I think for a Lane Kiffin offense to maximize, you've got to have dude. somebody who's the guy. Got to be a star. Probably, yeah. ne- preferably, you need two of them. Look, if they're going to have to nickel and dime it down the field, I think they can do that. If that's what they have to do, it's just going to be. For fans that are used to what you saw the last two seasons with big plays and explosive plays, I think it's going to be kind of frustrating. And they might get there. There's no guarantee that's not going to be the offense we're watching. Sure. Now, it won't be to that extent. They don't have Matt Corral. But, yeah, I mean, if you said Jalen Robinson gets kind of the jitters out and turns into – I mean, because, look, Jalen flashed, no pun intended, a good bit during camp. He looked nervous as hell on Saturday. He'll calm down. Yeah. It was his first game. There was a lot of first stuff there. 27 guys made debuts. It's a lot. It was 27. Yeah, a lot of lot of guys. Their linebacker play was really good. Mm-hmm. Troy was good. Corey Coleman looks like he was just in the wrong position at TCU, and they didn't know how to use him, frankly. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, the secondary, again, I'm not even wasting time on it. They were fine. There was no secondary issue. No, they were Troy's playing. game plan was to do that crap, and they did that crap. Well, Troy's game plan was to come in and run the football, and the linebackers took that away. Yeah. And so Troy got out of their game plan pretty quick, and they were sort of discombobulated offensively. They were, they're not a particularly good offensive team. No. Ole Miss will see better offenses down the road than most, Troy. Most weeks. <laughs> most weeks. That, not this week, but most not weeks. Not this week, but probably starting uh, after it, it was. It was a little – Yeah, I mean, even Tulsa scored a lot of points. Had a big loss in Laramie over the weekend. It's hard to go to Laramie and get a win. Ole Miss is aware of that. Oh, yeah? Did Ole Miss lose there? They did, yes. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, Yeah, they lost a home-and-home to Wyoming. 
both ends. Really? Oh, you don't know that? I guess I don't remember. It wasn't when you I weren't was covering the that as an SEC deal. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I've told people when I was in Mobile covering the SEC as a whole, Ole Miss was not particularly good except for one season, and so they really weren't on the they weren't on our coverage radar much. Yeah, that would have been oh four oh five, I think. The paper's default position that those those years was just to send me to Baton Rouge. I went there a lot. That's what happened. I felt like an LSU beat writer for a while. Yeah, in 2024 in Laramie, Wyoming, Ole Miss lost 37 – I mean, sorry, 20, uh, 2004, not 2024. That would be interesting if that happens next year or two years from now. 37-32 Wyoming in 2004 and 24-14 Wyoming in Oxford in 2005. That would be Cutcliffe's final year and Orgeron's first year. By the way, they have moved practice back today. As well. Yeah, practice is going to start around noon today. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm reading that. Yeah, practice around so noon today, then back to the regular time tomorrow. So you're in flux a little right now. Yeah, I've sent text <laughs> to both players. I, I, don't, I don't like my chances. Yeah, you might have a problem right now. Could be a lost week. Yeah. From a taped with Mason Brooks yesterday. Glad well, that we, is done. That's, glad a, that's we in got the tank. that done. Had I known this, I probably would have sent some texts going, hey, you guys want to knock this out? Yeah. But. Here we are. Here we are. Look maybe, around. Maybe, yeah. maybe they'll tape tonight. Okay. It's, it's just player schedules. Let's just put it this way. The 20-hour rule is laughably silly. Not, it's, it's, a, it's, it's nine, ten it's, hours a day. It's flexible rule, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally, it makes you appreciate the the ones, and there's there's a lot of them, who are legitimately college students, who are legitimately getting college educations while playing football. Because your hours are just the, the the time commitment is just incredible, especially during the season. Now in the off season, it's probably a little bit more normal, but in the season, it's by the time you include meetings and lifts and. Pre-practice, practice, post-practice, training, training. By the time you include all of that, it's it's nine to ten hours a day, is my guess. It's so much more than what I think the casual fan believes the commitment is. It's yeah, if they have practice at nine, they're not getting there at eight thirty and then leaving as soon as it's over. Well, like on a day like today, where practice starts at noon, I'm, I'm they're there by ten, and so you practice till two. You're not out of there till four, and then you've got me. I'm, I'm going to assume they'll have meetings again tonight. It's it's such a time. You're taking books home with you, video. You yeah, got them on your su- iPad. It's such a time commitment. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not liking my chances to get these two shows in. Yeah, and if you don't get them done by about Tuesday, you it's don't too get late. them done. Yeah. Podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark S P A R C service people across rural communities. Two packages: the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Spark now also in parts of Pontotoc and Union County. So if you don't have internet in those places, you're listening to the show right now. Give Spark a call at six six two two three eight three one five nine. Phone service, pro controls, and more. Again, that's nespark.com. 
Brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day with the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from all the best brands. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. We're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. Our friends at Blue Delta are excited to announce they'll be hosting Mustache the Band on Friday, October the 14th, for the Square Jams After Party. You can uh, go out on Friday night, check out the uh, basketball team at um, Square Jams, and then uh, in between, I guess on Friday night before the Saturday game against Auburn, you can join the folks from uh, Blue Delta at the Lyric with the world's most powerful 90s country party band. Tickets are on sale now. Some tickets include jeans, some don't, but all include admission to the concert and an open bar. To book, just DM Blue Delta on their socials or visit bluedeltajeans.com slash afterparty, and they'll see you there. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock Auctions start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Um, shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. Want it? Bid it? Win it at astock.bid. And we'll have um, what he said, what he meant, probably a little bit later in the day than we're used to, but it'll it'll be there. It's brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to diversify, if you're looking to leave the corporate rat race to gain control of your income and schedule, MyPerfectFranchise.net offers the ability to create income and wealth. Let Andy guide you through a comprehensive franchise evaluation. He has tons of franchise and business ownership experience to lean on. If you hate your job, your boss, your pay, you feel stuck, Get in touch with Andy Ledecky. It's Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy. That's G&M on South Lamar in Oxford, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer medicine. Fear your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery. You have everything you need when you need it with G&M. Also with Tyson Drugs and Holly Springs. And if you want to transfer your medication over from a big box pharmacy, just one call. They take care of the rest. They do it all for you. Again, that's 662-236-2222. Yeah, the, look, the defensive line I did not think played overly well on, on Saturday. I thought relative to expectations, the defensive line and to some degree the offensive line were the two uh, the two negatives there. Again, relative to expectations, I didn't think anybody sucked. But I didn't necessarily think that either one of those blew off the map. I thought Pegues definitely flashed, had some moments. I thought Jared Ivey early was really active. I don't know that I noticed him much after that. Again, I'll di- I'll dig into some advanced stats today, some snap counts, that kind of stuff. Um, 
but those two areas, you know, Jade Williams, see what his health status is moving forward. He obviously played a ton. He played 56 snaps of 73 on Saturday. Um, Mason Brooks only played six snaps. All those at right guard on on Saturday. Um, the snaps need to be a little better in general. Caleb was erratic at times, and he is their best option. And that might have thrown off Sorry. quarterback stuff. Yeah, well, multiple times he had to kind of go grab it. I mean, that does take your eyes, yep. if nothing else, from where you're going. There, there is a lot to that. If you're if you have a read and you're making the read and you have to take your eye off the read to go get the, the ball, ball, then that stands to reason that that's going to mess up your timing. A little yeah, bit. I didn't notice them as high as we had seen in practice. I noticed them right. He was he was having to kind of go get it over here a little bit. Yeah. For those who don't mean he's being eight, it's to the right side of his body. Uh, we'll get into some games of the week from a reaction standpoint, kind of as we're doing lines here. One Again, one game left on the week nationally. That is tonight in Atlanta. Clemson and Georgia Tech, that is a 23-and-a-half line for the Tigers and the Yellow Jackets tonight. Again, Ole Miss plays Georgia Tech in two weeks. Georgia Tech predicted to finish sixth in the ACC Coastal this year out of the, uh, out of the seven. Mm-hmm. So that is where – not a lot of optimism there going on for uh, for those guys. John Rice Plumley is on television Friday night playing the Louisville Cardinals this week. UCF and uh, and Louisville. Louisville got just popped. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. Syracuse got Malik Cunningham did not have a good day. He had a rough night or a rough afternoon there for uh, for the Cards. I didn't see any of that. I just saw the score and I was like, whoa! How about that? SEC games kicking off. The 11 o'clock game is uh, a really interesting one. South Carolina at Arkansas is on Saturday. Does this line surprise you? The line shocked me. Being so big? Yeah, it's a big line. Arkansas opened as a 9.5-point favorite. It's now down to 7.5. Oh, I had it at 8.5. Okay, yeah, it opened at 9.5, now at eight. Now, now at 7.5 is where it's moved. Yeah, it just felt too big. Because, look, South Carolina did not play well. They won. We thought that they would be tested by Georgia State. They were. I, they, I don't know if it was touchdowns, but they had at least two special teams defensive, either touchdowns or – Plays that put them very close to the end zone. I was not watching the game, but I did notice one of those two things. They got assisted a lot offensively by the other parts of of their team. Yeah, Arkansas played well. Um, they did not blow me away, but they, they played really well. I on think Saturday. if you had told Sam Pittman before the game that you're going to score, would they get 31? 31-24. I think final. if you told Sam Pittman before the game you're going to get 31 points, he would have been just jovial. Yeah, um, because I think the concern there was you know replacing Burks. Getting into a re- rhythm on offense, I thought their uh, their running game was really solid. They're good up front. Sure, you saw that. Um, Jefferson's the same guy he's been, but I think what had to concern um, Pittman and Arkansas is if you've watched a lot of Barry Odom defenses, he doesn't typically get super aggressive. He got really aggressive on Saturday, and I think that's a sign that he just doesn't really like what they have up front on defense, which has been the knock on them. Credit to the media. We got another one right. Um, <laughs> but they their secondary, as it got beat up, they got picked apart by, by Cincinnati a little bit. That's got to alarm them some. Credit to uh, K.J. Jefferson. I mean, he, for a guy who just doesn't have fundamental quarterback play, he makes plays. This is an interesting – you're right. This is a actually two really interesting SEC games early. And this is one of them. And one of them is not Alabama, which we'll talk about in a minute. But eight and a half feels like a big number. Like, But I'll be honest, I'm terrified of taking Carolina because I don't 
you, you were on this already. I don't know that I believe in him. Frankly, Rattler was pretty inconsistent on Saturday, which is the quarterback he's been at times. Well, it's who he was when he lost the job at Oklahoma. Yeah. He lost the job for a reason. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't good in his last season at Oklahoma. Beyond not being a good teammate and all of those things that got knocked on him, he just wasn't a very good player. And I don't know how South Carolina's going to handle a running game because Arkansas is going to run it at you. So you think this is a trap line to get in underneath it with the points and meanwhile Vegas thinks Arkansas is going to win by double digits. Maybe, yeah, I'm I'm tempted to lay them. I mean, it's early. I don't want to make a decision on Thursday, but it's I – mean, you'd be preferable if I made it Wednesday. But, like, it's – Yeah, I will be frustrated with you if your picks are not in by Thursday morning. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'm thinking. I, my, gut, my, my initial reaction is Arkansas wins this game – 34 to 20. Okay. 34 21, something like that. My initial is that Arkansas wins, but Carolina covers, and I don't know why I'm that way. I think maybe one of the other ones you were mentioning, Missouri, is at Kansas State on Saturday. No, I was referencing. Oh. I was, I didn't, oh, I didn't even see that. Okay. What's that? What time's that game? That game is at 11 a.m. Well, I need to add that to our picks. Okay. Yep. Missouri is in uh, at Bill Snyder Family. Stadium or whatever it is there in Manhattan, Kansas, the Little Apple hosting the SEC Big Twelve romp here at eleven o'clock in the morning. It is. What's the line on that? Uh, Kansas State is giving eight points to the Missouri Tigers. Yeah, that game doesn't interest me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually you're like that wouldn't even get an iPad look, look right there. No, right? I was referencing Wake and and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I was going to get to that in a minute. Yeah, I, I had that. That's. <laughs> I mean, Missouri, it, this feels like just a league game from the Big 12, honestly. It's like, yeah, y'all go play. Let me know who wins. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
and hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let me know who's going to win the Big 12 North. My initial reaction to that is Kansas State wins and covers. Because I actually think they're decent. Missouri played okay they Thursday. Did a, they played really well in the second half. They did. This is This is the, the thing that we got to be careful about is overreaction Monday to teams that had a bad first half. Well, and also you, and then put the, it together in the second well, it, half, it, as it, opposed to what Ole Miss did, which was the opposite. It's kind of back to the Ole Miss thing, too. I know people are frustrated because of different things. If you guys were Kentucky fans, you would be pissed off today that they were tied with Miami Ohio at halftime. Yeah. But because you're an Ole Miss fan, you're overlooking some of the other teams' issues that looked exactly the same in first games that were so weird. Uh, Kansas State beat South Dakota 34 to nothing in their opener. And then, yeah, they get Missouri, which beat La Tech. So, yeah, anyway, that's in Manhattan, Kansas. The game you mentioned, Wake is at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt 2-0. and Commodores a third of the way to bowl eligibility. On their uh, on their path under Clark Lee and Barton Simmons and the, the <laughs> Nashville City, yeah, our Nashville's team. Um, so, uh, line Wake's not a bad club. This line is giving some respect to Vanderbilt. The game is in Nashville. It opened at six. It's now at seven. If Vandy covers this line, we'll go. Okay, they're better. Like that. That. Oh, for damn sure. I mean, this feels trappish because in my mind I'm going to hold on a minute. I've only got to give seven. Like now I, is the Hartman kid still out for Wake? I don't know. Like, are they are they offensively challenged where they can't score? And see, I don't hold anything that Vandy did Saturday night against Elon against them because they traveled oh, and whatever. And yeah, no, this is and they. I'm sure that what was the final? They gave up more points than they wanted to give up. I can't remember. Whatever. The, I don't remember the exact. I can find it. Yeah, it's like Wake Forest played VMI and won forty four to ten. Vanderbilt won forty two to thirty one. Okay, see, this is what concerns me is Wake's quarterback is still out. But still. You related to this Jackson Parham for Vanderbilt, the receiver? Um, not that I'm aware of, at least. A lot of the Parhams and other parts no, actually, of the Actually, he's a, he's a receiver for for uh, Elon. Uh, well, I mean, I can still – actually, that would make, me make it more likely. We have family kind of up the seaboard a, a little bit. New Jersey. New Jersey kid. When we came over on the boat, we came to Virginia – is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got a book that tells all about that, actually. You got a family book that traces everything back? I don't think so. Do you not? If we do, I'm, I'm unaware of it. Yeah. It's called In a Pear Tree. I'm assuming that's what parm means in some other language or something. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Yeah, the one, the, in other parts of the country, they spell it like P-E-R-R-A-M. Yeah. But it's the same tree. Genealogy segment today on the show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm not. I I don't think in good faith can I pick Vanderbilt to cover this line, but I am interested in this game. I want to watch it. Yeah, no, I'm listen. I'm glad the Ole Miss game isn't until six. Wake is vulnerable because of the quarterback. I, I, I I've got of all this is interesting. Of the four games that we're talking about at eleven a.m., the one that the national people will talk about is the one that interests me the least. 
Alabama-Texas does literally nothing for me because I think I know exactly what's coming. Because I, I get it was Utah State, but Bama was a damn machine on Saturday. Yeah. Like, I mean, Saban comes into the post game and it's kind of like, don't ask me about how good we are. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I mean, they, hey, it, eh. yeah, it's in Austin. It's, it's, I, I, I pulled up catches 10 thoughts because I was just even curious how he would frame it um, going into the week. Begging for mercy early on? No, it was doing the – I know you guys all want Texas to win. And ain't winning. If you play whatever, he, 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 he gave some quote about – maybe it was from Teddy Roosevelt or something, and it was basically – you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna swing or you're gonna fight, do it hard or like carry the stick and hit hard or whatever. Sure. And then like, because it's something like don't tap the gorilla on the shoulder. But then he did end it with the problem is the gorilla hits back. Yeah. Because because they're all going, God, we looked awesome. It's like you played ULM. That's not the animal that's coming in town on not on even Saturday. Close. It's, it's. I thought Saban's post game and Smart's post game were so indicative to me of what they believe their teams are. And they're right. They think their teams are monsters. Saban's not even playing mental games. Just knows. And Kirby's comments after their win over Georgia, I mean, over Oregon, were just so matter-of-fact, so transparent look inside their building that it it should alarm people around the league. It's 20 and a half... Lay these things, right? I don't give Bama? a I, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm laying whatever. I mean I got it at eighteen and a half and I'm 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 in laying them, spending the money already. You don't vote you do not pick against Georgia and Alabama in non conference games. Mainly all games. But no, I'm not picking sure. against them in any games. Yeah. Until they play each other, at which point I might just flip a coin. I, I wrote this in ten thoughts. If you ask me today, does the SEC championship game have any meaning outside of playoff seeding, I would say no. You think they're both 12-0? <clears throat> I didn't see a team play an SEC game. It's one game, but I didn't – and I, I think I saw a, good, a little bit of everybody. I didn't see anybody play who can stay on the field with those two teams. No, they were – For any length of time. The, the one, frankly, that I saw that I would go, well, maybe for a little while just because of the quarterback is, is uh, Florida. And yeah, we'll get to that. That's it. Yeah, Bama minus 20 and a half is now the line in Austin on Saturday, 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I just, mm. they're going to pop them. They are. They, they don't have any – they don't have any significant weakness that you can pick at. Yeah. I'll be honest, I thought Georgia looked better. I did too. But – They played a better team. Yeah, they were a little yeah. more – Dialed in. I mean, because Utah State might be bad for them. I mean, like I said, they let Connecticut really hang around. Yeah. In week one or week zero. Liberty ended up beating Southern, right? Yes. Four Triple overtime. overtime. Piss me off. <laughs> Southern Miss is at Miami this week. 26 is the line on that one. Uh, Georgia State plays North Carolina. Georgia State could beat North Carolina this week. They could, but let's give North Carolina some credit. For all that they got scared with App State, they did find a way to win the game. They did, but I'm not I'm not 
penciling in any access bowls for the Tar Heels. No. They've no. got losses coming. Yes, for sure. They're not good. No. The quarterback's good. He is. He's pretty good. But, like, they really – and I get it was game one. Again, I, we can do overreaction, all that stuff. They really struggled with Florida A&M in week one, in week zero. And Jackson State beat the hell out of Florida A&M Saturday. Um, You're doing some transitive property. I am, but – But, yeah. They at least hung around, though. I mean, sure. it was – Sure. It was a little str- – if if I'm Phil Longo, I'm concerned by it. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to go freak out, but it it made me feel really good about laying the points with Texas A&M against App State. Oh, yeah. Okay. If I'm doing transitive property, I feel pretty good about that one. And I know transitive property will do nothing but get you beat. I understand that. But yeah. Okay. That's fine. It's actually a pretty good day of football. It's a league. really good day of football. It just it, it's it's completely good. Um, looking for games of significance. There's a lot in the middle of the day that isn't. Notre Dame plays Marshall, so Marcus Freeman will finally win a game. They're 19 point favorites. Two thirty, sneaky, really good game. Tennessee and Pitt. It's not sneaky, really good. It's, good. it's just really good. I mean, it was a great game a year ago. It's got a chance to be a great game again this year. Pittsburgh's good. They just came off of a emotional win over West Virginia. Tennessee, I thought, looked really good in their yeah. opener. I mean, everybody wants to make fun of Tennessee, and I get it for some reason. We all want them to suck. That's the truth. We all want them to suck. But I don't think they suck. I Second think- place in the SEC East is a really intriguing three-team battle between Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Yeah. South yeah. Carolina's not in that boat. Missouri and Vanderbilt are not in that boat. Those three teams for second after one week. It's really intriguing. I'm interested. Tennessee, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh on Saturday. This is where, to me, like, we haven't even – there's a lot to get to over the course of the week, and we'll get to it. This is where I think the changing landscape of fandom, the way fans consumed games during COVID and stuff, like, you got to be a really dedicated fan to want to go sit in Vaught-Hemingway on Saturday at 6. You do. It's going to be hot, I'm assuming, during the day. You know the outcome of the game. Chase is like, where are you going? I'm getting nervous. No, I know where you're going. There are, you, you, you're going to have to miss some of the 230 games, and you're going to miss – Instead All the of, night games. Instead of being able to put Ole Miss on one of your TVs and put another one on Kentucky, Florida, you're going to miss it. And you know who's winning. You know who's winning. Everybody goes, well, it's nighttime in the vault. I get it. I get it. This is where I think with the the playoff and conference expansion, I think these Central Arkansas games are, um, to borrow um, an expression that was – told to me about someone I was talking to on Saturday, these games are two feet in the ground and it won't be long before they're six feet in the ground. I I don't know how you promote one of these games. Mm -hmm. How you you convince 60,000 people to pack your stadium to watch a game that they know the outcome. I mean, only the most dedicated fans are at that game. Yeah, the people that go, hey, we only have seven of these a year. Yeah, I'm going no matter what. And there's a lot of those people. Oh, sure. Don't get me wrong, but the I don't know how I don't think you fill up your stadium for games like this because I don't know that any fan base can anymore. 
Yeah. When there's other stuff on TV that you could watch. I mean, you could watch. I mean, you could watch Kentucky and Florida at six while you watch your game. And then when your game gets to the 42 to three stage. Flip on over. You flip to something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Six different flavors that can be shipped directly to you in the bag. Just throw them in the freezer. Within 10 minutes when you pull them out, you will have restaurant-quality shrimp ready to go. It's great for salads, great for full meals, especially with kids having activities and school back in session. Their newest flavor, the Lemon Cracked Pepper, is excellent, as well as the Signature. They've got spicy options, and they have full meals and bags with the French Quarter Alfredo or the Garlic Herb Butter. Again, the $20 off your first order with MPW. They also have the two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp, just like the grocery stores, except a better quality shrimp from the New Orleans-based company. Again, that's primeshrimp.com. We're brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. I've been using some of their products here the last, I don't know, couple of months or so, and I can absolutely feel a difference. If you take diabetes medicine, high blood pressure medicine, or cholesterol medications, they typically cause some side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss. It's due to a depletion of minerals and, and uh, vitamins in the body. But Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support. And what it does, it just puts those vitamins back into your body, makes those side effects kind of go away, makes you more compliant in taking your medications, and helps you stay healthier over the long term. It's available in local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including uh, Mississippi, or on their site, solutionsrx.com, solutionsrx.com. Type in promo code OEP at checkout, get 10% off of your first order. We're brought to you by Hawkeye Portable Building, 7991 Highway 7 South in Hawkeye. They custom build your building to your specifications. However you want your carport, ATV, or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings, Hawkeye can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, the doors, and Hawkeye makes it happen. In-house financing is available, free delivery and setup within 75 miles of Hawkeye as well. 662 662- 226-2233 or go to hawkhambuildings.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram at Hawkham Portable Buildings. Brought to you by 7 South Tailgating. Everybody was in the Grove last weekend. A big crowd. You'll be there again this weekend as Ole Miss entertains Central Arkansas. They provide uh, 7 South Tailgating provides a level of service that's uh, like none other. Their team is passionate about serving fellow Rebels. It shows. And uh, if you use their service once, you'll never tailgate without them again. To lock in a tailgating package for this fall, go to 7southtailgating.com, submit a request. They're currently booking single game, multi-game, full-service packages as well. All of that at 7southtailgating.com. Brought to you by Dead Soxy. Dead Soxy, always the perfect gift for any budget. Go to deadsoxy.com, take advantage of uh, the promo code REBELGROVE, get 25% off the best socks you'll ever put on your feet, deadsoxy.com. While you're using that that code, add a 2-0 to it, make it REBELGROVE20 and get 20% off Game Changer Patches, the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start, the warm-up patch used before or while you drink, overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. Again, GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode and face with a challenge in life. 
But therapists can help you out, become a better problem solver, make it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. It's great to talk to somebody. And with better help, you don't have to necessarily go in. You don't have to lay on the couch. You don't have to face somebody face-to-face. You can make it whatever you want it to be. You can turn your video on or off, and you're not talking to a family member or a friend who kind of has preconceived notions about whatever's going on with you. It's a clean slate. They're just there to listen. They're to help you in any way that they can. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can even switch therapists at any time. It's great to find the right one. You can move them around. You can figure out who works for you. So BetterHelp, to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. That's 10% off your first month with BetterHelp.com slash MPW. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. You mentioned it, Texas A&M, Appalachian State on Saturday. Yeah, Appalachian scores 40 points in the fourth quarter and loses to North Carolina in Boone. A huge, Kind of a huge day for them just to get them in town on sure. Saturday. Uh, losing 63-61, not getting a two-point conversion with, I think, nine seconds left in the game. And uh, in that one... Tough, tough loss, but they were yeah. They, 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 somebody was going to feel that sting when it was over, one way or the other. A and M was athletic, talented, fine. It was you know it was Sam Houston, so we'll see. But they were fine. They were very athletic. They were. I mean, I told you this. Yes, it's Sam Houston. It's eleven o'clock. It's whatever. What struck me about A and M was just two things. One, they're better at quarterback. He's better. Haynes King is better than Calzada. That's all I'm saying. I didn't say he's world beater, nothing. I just said he's better than Calzada. And they're recruiting. You can see it on the field. They're they're athletic. They're fast. There's a lot of speed on that team. And they're good. 17 points. I mean, I'm inclined to lay them. I think if I wrote this in 10 thoughts. If if we're going to do this, that the SEC is the best team in the the best league in the country and it obviously is it's gonna be more than just georgia and alabama mm-hmm. there's other good teams no you need depth to be that and you have it i mean there's a the middle's good right now maybe. who are the bad teams who what teams in the league today are you ready to go they suck and by suck they're just not going to be good at all not gonna go to a bowl just not going to be good at all just going to be a four-win team what what team in the league are you ready to go? Vanderbilt's the only one you absolutely can say it That's about. It. It's interesting, right? You're not ready to say that about Missouri based on what you saw against Louisiana okay. Tech. Yeah. You're not ready to say that about South Carolina at oh, this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Not ready to say that about Mississippi State. No. Looked pretty good. Yeah. You're not ready to say that about Arkansas. Beat Cincinnati. You're not ready to say that about Ole Miss. About Tennessee. Florida, it's going on and on. At some point, the league's just damn good. Mm-hmm. This might finally be the year where the league's really good. A&M looked like a team just watching them. Again, one game, athleticism. They're a team that's going to win a bunch of games just by having more talent on the field. Yeah. Wisconsin's got Washington State at home on Saturday. It's a 2.30 start. The Badgers by 18 in that one. Memphis and Navy is this week. Memphis sucked. Um, they were bad. They were awful. The uh, Sahawk Trophy is up for grabs yep. this week. Yep. That's at 3 o'clock. It is in Iowa City. First team to three wins. Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cyclones on Saturday. 
Gotta wonder how Kirk... A little overreaction, but Iowa is worse at quarterback than they have been. It's the same guy. I'm just telling you. And their offensive coordinator is under fire, and he happens to share the same last name as the head coach. Which is a problem. And that's a problem. A real problem. They sucked. You could be seeing something that could lead to change there. Because defensively, they're really good. And if you are going to, I mean, really good. And so if you're going to um, blow that by having an offense that looks like it's running 1970s style offense, that might spell trouble. Everything was just slow developing. And it's oh, this, oh. Just, well, you got to wonder, like, because defensively they look pretty modern. Mm-hmm. And offensively, it's like, wait a minute, is that Jim Plunkett? <laughs> what are y'all doing? I mean, seven to three with two safeties. Yeah. And anybody's like the people that go, no, no, no. It goes well. That's a really good FCS team. Went stop. No, no, no one. No, no, no. Well, it it is a good FCS team, but sure. But you you're in trouble if you don't play elite defense. And their defense was on the field all day. They were and played well, really well. I mean, really well. Made plays and all that stuff. And they, the punter is good for Iowa, which is a good thing. It better be a good thing. They need a good punter. But there's a lot of angst there. I was reading some of their Message coverage and stuff. stuff. Well, just coverage and stuff. People are asking questions. And they should. This is not a 1A game. This maybe not even be a B game. But I, it, I, it's one of those where I at least wanted to know the final score. Houston at Texas Tech on Saturday. 3 o'clock. Yeah. That Houston, that Houston UTSA game lived up, game lived up to the billing. Yeah, UTSA, clearly the best team in Conference USA. Houston's good. Houston's good. It was, it was a fun game. Yeah. Uh, Virginia, Illinois is this weekend in Champaign, if you're curious. Illinois is going to look back on Friday night with a lot of regret. That felt more like them than anything else. Indiana was not good. No, Illinois had that game, should have won that game and let it kind of get away from them that's going to be one that they kick themselves over give the big 10 credit now thursday and friday night last week they entertained good they 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 delivered they did didn't say it was great football but it was close football it was entertaining football close football kansas is at west virginia neil brown can get a win uh minus 13 on this one yeah like his chances. That line's not huge, though. That's, no, that's well, I think there's a little respect that the, the guy at Kansas is going to do a good, good job. Yeah, yeah. Leopold's good. Yeah. Now it's Kansas, so whatever. Uh, Old Dominion coming off their huge win against Virginia Tech. Watch, I got really into that the other night. Um, they they pull it off. They're in Greenville, North Carolina, getting 13 against East Carolina this weekend. Ooh, interesting. Hard to lay those points. They're not bad. No. And I know I know East Carolina scared the hell out of North Carolina State last week. Curious what happens with Virginia Tech at the end of the season. Yeah, he's in year one, isn't he? Is that is this year one? Didn't they hire a guy? Or oh, I wrong? don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Liberty uh, getting six and a half from UAB this weekend in Lynchburg. Blazers and Flames. <sighs> yes. Liberty's yes. Liberty's not good. Yes, you don't he, think so. He he needs he needs to capitalize here soon. We well, had Malik Willis. You yeah. Get out if you can get out. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to get the, he's fine. Liberty's never going to fire him. He can coach there forever if he's happy. But if his goal is to get out, I think he's, he's he better start. Yeah, I'll buy that. 
I mean, he can stay. He can stay there for another ten years and collect. He's making a ton of money. I mean, yeah. he's laughing all the way to the bank. But if his goal is to get back into a power five job, it's time probably it's probably time. Gainesville, Florida, six o'clock on Saturday night. The Kentucky Wildcats are in town. Oh, it's fa- this is fascinating. I mean, it's, it's it's the most interesting game of the week. I'm I'm going to be distracted at Vaught Hemingway. I just can tell you that now. Florida minus four and a half. I, I gave my public apologies on Saturday night. Anthony Richardson was dynamic. He was fun. He led them to one hell of a win over Utah. He did. Uh, they were. Can we give both quarterbacks some credit for a minute? The sure. rising kid for Utah is an absolute competitor. Yeah. They were good. They're fine. They're they're good. Florida just beat them. I mean, they're not crashing any playoffs, but they're fine. Oh, no, no, no. But the rising kid's good. He's he fun is. to watch. He makes plays. Richardson was the best player on the field. And Beat so clearly the enough. best player. I mean, I mean, just. Well, I told you, I mean, in some ways it's a credit to Lane Kiffin because he was constantly tweeting and retweeting and trying to get Richardson. He was trying to woo him. He was trying to get him into the portal. In the offseason. Yeah. And he's, he's the guy that he wanted, and now you see why. He'd be interesting here, wouldn't he? Oof. We'd be having a different conversation about Ole Miss, I think. <laughs> if you dropped that guy into this With offense. With that backfield. And... Yeah, he'd be having a different conversation. I mean, I get it. It's one game. You can say what you want one about game. Lane. Lane's proven to be a very good quarterback evaluator. One game, but they played a good team. and No, they played a really good team, you're a, already, a well-coached team. You're already seeing Napier a little bit with his personality, sure. his structure. Sure. There are people that think he is the closest to Saban out of his disciples. Not saying he's going to win titles, just saying from a mannerism how he operates. Well, here's what you did see. The difference between Mullen and, and – and look, Dan's a good coach. The difference between Mullen and Napier is that Mullen is more – you've got to come into his system and fit it. Mm-hmm. Napier is more malleable. Okay, I've got this guy – doesn't really fit exactly what we do, so we're going to sort of amend what we do here. We're going to we're going to put an offense that fits him, as opposed to asking him to fit the offense. Like, I think it was Jeffrey gave me this. I want to give credit to it, but if in the event that I'm wrong, I hate to. Jeffrey was saying KJ Jefferson would fit. Mullen's offense in some ways better than Richardson did because KJ's more of the guy that you put in and you make it go. He's going to run it. Richardson does other things, and it you don't utilize his whole skill set. Well, Napier did. I mean, the kid just made plays. Now, they're going to play a different kind of team in Kentucky Kentucky's played SEC. They've got more speed than Utah probably does, all in all. He's going to have to throw more. He, he was still erratic at times yeah. throwing the football. And Levis started shaky and played pretty well in the second. This is a this is a really good game. I'm assuming they get Rodriguez back. I don't know. I haven't heard anything else. I don't even know what happened. It sounds like it's off the field right now. The rumor was he didn't show up for NIL events. Is that right? Yeah. True or not, I have no idea. But that gets into another thing. How do you suspend a kid for something that's not technically under the administration? I don't know. Back to our whole man. Troy plays LMA and M this weekend. And so, what's your initial lean on this Kentucky Florida game? I my initial lean is I'm having so much 
instant whatever for Florida that I need to let the week play out a little bit and let the bump go yeah. away because my initial thought was Florida, but I got to be careful not to go have Florida go win ten games all of a sudden. Like they need, they need we need to we need to back off and and give. Well, them listen, if they beat Kentucky, suddenly you start talking about them as a ten win team. You start talking about Billy as coach of the year type stuff. This is a big it's a big moment for them. Yeah, because then suddenly Tennessee becomes a huge game. Yeah, and if Kentucky beats Florida, after what you saw Florida do, you're like, oh, the people that are so bullish on Kentucky might be on to something. Because Kentucky's schedule is is not – It's it's, it's, our, it's doable. Yeah, it's doable. Auburn minus 22, San Jose State. I was Tigers not, and the Spartans. I was not blown away with what I saw from Auburn. No. Except defensively they're pretty good, like potentially really good. Offensively, they're not as much, which is kind of what you'd expected if you followed people who covered Auburn. I don't know anything about San Jose, so this is a trick number as far as I'm concerned. Is it? I mean, who knows? There's a good point there. It's, it's almost kind of hard for Florida to lose more than about three. Yeah. Well, now if they've beaten Utah, if yeah. they beat Kentucky, I mean, 10 and 2 is on the table. Yeah. USC Stanford this weekend. Sure. SC minus nine. Okay. In Palo Alto on the farm. Sure. I have no interest in the Pac-12. Most ironic. I'm, I'm done with Pac-12. Palo Alto being called the farm. It's like, hold on a minute. Yeah, because there's uh, nobody going to Stanford to be a farmer much, I wouldn't think. No. Arizona State, Oklahoma State this weekend. The chance to be kind of fun. Minus 11 for the Cowboys at home. It's the Sun Devils. Yeah. Oklahoma State, if you were if you bet on Oklahoma State against Central Michigan, you were just so angry at yourself because they had a huge lead and let it dwindle. Yeah, they're up like fifty one to something. Yeah. Nebraska plays Georgia Southern. Should go well for the for Frost and his boys this weekend. Yeah. What was that final last week? I don't know. They win? I think they won, but people are, are not happy. Well, they can't fire him until, was it October or something? October 1st. The buyout falls $5 million or $7 million or yeah. something. He probably ought to be looking for a phone call that morning. Virginia Tech is minus three against Boston College in Blacksburg this weekend. Nope. You sicko watched Boston College <laughs> last week. I watched, I watched more of Boston College versus Rutgers than I care to admit. I got to the press box too early, and that game was on, and so I sat and watched it. I didn't know what to expect. I hadn't gone to a game in forever, and so I was worried about traffic and stuff. And It was fine. It was fine. It took me from my driveway to the parking garage 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Hawaii is in Ann Arbor this weekend. Mm. What do you think that line is? 40. 47, 50? 50. 50 points. 50. <laughs> 50, as Houston 50, would say. Yeah. Opened at 48 and a half. It's now at 50. Mm. couple late games that are that do really have my interest. BYU-Baylor is this I'm weekend. Big, big time. BYU looked really good against South Florida. Now, South Florida sucks, and so you don't know. And then you get back. So Baylor goes there. I'm I'm interested, for sure. Who won Boise or Oregon State? Oregon State kicked their ass. Did they really? Yeah. Jeffrey was on that hard. He didn't like Boise at all. Yeah. Who's the coach of Oregon State? 
I don't know. Our Pac-12 knowledge is just superb. I, We're, I'm, I, I am so disinterested in the Pac-12 at this point. Oregon State, speaking of, they are in the scenic, lovely Fresno, California. Oof. Garden spot. Neil said there's a hell of a Chili's there on the corner. Yeah. In Fresno. He's got to be careful walking to it from the hotel. It's the two blocks to get there that yeah. is the, the, the issue. Yeah. Well, your life's on the line. Don't wear red or blue. <laughs> Go neutral. <laughs> There's somebody out there going, hold on, Fresno's colors are, no, 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 it's not. Just wear green. <sighs> yeah, BYU minus three, by the way, to Baylor. Sorry, I didn't say yeah, that. I'm, yeah. I put that one on picks. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. That's oh, good. we're we're branching now? Well, a little bit. That's a good game. Two top 25 teams. That's a good game. That's in, That's a bellwether game. Fresno giving one to Oregon State, by the way. I might ride with my beavers for a week. And the very last kickoff, the 10 o'clock start on Saturday night, the Mississippi State Bulldogs are on the West Coast. No, they're on the West Coast. They're in Arizona. They're facing the Arizona Wildcats mm-hmm. on Saturday. Arizona's a little better. They're not good. They're better. A little better. State, but I, I, I've got State covering this. State looked like what you think State would look like against teams like Memphis. They which know is their system. They have a good quarterback. Back, back of his hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. You have to beat them. Yeah. You can beat them, but oh, you yeah, have to beat them. And they're beatable. But they, they're not going to give it away. I mean, I was pretty impressed with them the other night. They just ran their system. Memphis had no shot. State opened at seven. It's now at nine. So there's uh, there's that. Fresno's the divorce capital of the universe, according to Sammy. Really? And green is a blood gang color. I did not know that. Oh. Might so what color can you wear? I don't know. I'm not going back. Next time Ole Miss plays at Fresno, I'm not covered. The odds are they're not going to play at Fresno again. Or if so, it's going to be a while. I mean, their schedule's already mapped out through like 2037 or something. For the most part. Uh, quickly, podcast brought to you in part by Johnston Hill Creamery, johnstonhillcreamery.com. Appreciate all of you who used them for your catering last weekend. You can still do that. Still time for future weekends. Everything uh, to feed 10, 20, 40, if you so wish. A lot of different options there with Johnston Hill Creamery. Um, Curtis sandwiches, cheese plates. They make the uh, cheese locally in-house every single day, charcuterie and much more. You can send them an email. You can give them a call. Find out all the different options you have for you and the best ways to feed the people in your group this weekend and every home game. 662-419-9201. Cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. Uh, give them a call. ACS is owned by my friend Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. Uh, They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much, much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Lamons Fine Jewelry is at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford areas for three quarters of a century. Uh, engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. It's LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777.
Also brought to you by Pinnacle. Pinnacle based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. At Pinnacle, they uh, provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. And brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. John is uh, the guy to go to if you want to create a special trip that makes a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with him. Give him some parameters and a budget. He will come up with options you won't find on your own. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. If you're coming in this weekend, make OPA a part of your weekend. It's on the square, euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, Lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio at Moore. All of that, 306 South Lamar, just south of the Square Courthouse in Oxford. And brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They sponsor Meals Picks. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you are on the job hunt, they can help you. Whether you're entry level or whether you're uh, experienced, they've got all sorts of fields. It's uh, always free for the candidate. Conversations are always kept confidential. You've got nothing to lose by giving them a call. 662-832-5138 or servicespecialistltd.com. I have a couple more to get to in a minute. We'll touch on a couple of other uh, topics here, Chase. We didn't talk about LSU and Southern. We don't need to talk about Southern. LSU facing the Jaguars this weekend. Crazy game at the Superdome last night. Yeah. Um, LSU looked like raw hell for most of the night. Um did not think they were very good in, in a number of ways. Made you wonder why they went with that quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he was rough. Um, he can't throw the ball. They couldn't get Booty the ball. He didn't have a catch until the, like, the last series there. But if you're basing social media, he's not happy. He took all of his LSU stuff oh, off Daniels of his did? social media. No, Booty. Oh, did he? Um, yeah. You know, he was going to transfer to Alabama. Yeah. They convinced him to stay. I think he had buyer's remorse last night. That offense would be much more effective, I would think, if you'd put Nussmeyer at quarterback and let him throw it. Daniels is not a thrower. He's athletic. He can run. They were terrible up front. They were bad with the line, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And then you just get college football crazy sequences. They muff the punt. Florida State, for some reason, is running tosses down there where you can just sit on it and win the game. That was I mean, crazy. It, damn that was thing. crazy. I mean, Mike Norvell went from – Oh, we're going to win this game by two scores to holy hell, I might lose this thing in overtime to, oh, God. Yeah. So. Like, that was fascinating. I was sitting there I was sitting there watching it. LSU got the one untimed down at the end because Florida State had called a timeout to challenge. Or is they rule a rule that on a first down allows you to snap the ball right there? I don't know because the unless the ref well no he didn't he didn't screw up because what happened was when they for anybody who was not watching LSU they ruled that he the player had gone out of bounds inside the five yard line that was the ruling on the field with one second left right they go to review 
come out of it, and the referee says LSU will have one play remaining first down. But the clock, had it been called correctly on the field, right? the clock would have stopped to set the chains and then immediately started with two seconds left and run out or they would have snapped it within two seconds. Right, they would have had to have a hurry. So was snap. it Norvell's timeout that caused LSU to have one play remaining? Or what was the vernacular that the official said they have one play? Uh, yeah, no, the clock was going to start and Norvell called a timeout. Sounds right? like Norvell called the timeout, which gave LSU time for one play. Well, that would have been a... And that play was a touchdown. And had they kicked the extra point, they would have forced overtime. Yes. So Norvell would have allowed LSU to force overtime. That would have been something. And there are rumblings about Norvell and Florida State. That was a big win for him. If you think they're any good, and I don't. I could be wrong, but they didn't impress me last night. There was nothing about it. We went, oh, wow, they fixed it. No. It was, a, just, it was a bad loss for LSU is what it was. It, it was. That's what and, mattered. And they had some injuries. Uh, the big def- defensive lineman, number zero, got hurt, looked bad. He was crying on the sideline, usually a sign that it's bad. The worst targeting I've ever seen. Yeah. Not not disciplined at all. Yeah. I did feel really badly for the neighbor's kid that muffed the punt. I mean, he looked like he wanted to crawl under. Well, he muffed two. Well, good point. But the second one. Yeah, the second one was. Whew. I mean, he looked like he's about to pass out on the field. Well, he was trying to dig a hole in the Superdome and just climb in. <laughs> and I don't blame him at all. Yeah, I always hate it for the kids. Oh, God. It, I mean, that's it's a big stage, and he didn't handle it. But, like, I mean, where's the Mississippi State game for LSU? Is it in Starkville? Uh, I actually have LSU's. It's in Baton Rouge. That game gets interesting. It's next week. I know. That gets interesting. Five o'clock. That's an interesting game. Yep, State out LSU. And then... It's this stretch here for Brian Kelly that we've talked about, so I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm interested, though. This schedule... Yeah. He runs into a thing that could be a nightmare if they suck the way they sucked last night. Okay. So get stayed at home and then New Mexico. Okay, okay fine. Sure. And then they here's the run at Auburn. Okay. Good win. Damn. Good night. I don't know. Auburn's good enough defensively that if that's what LSU is offensively, it's going to be a struggle. And then the rest of their season, tell me where you're finding a bunch of wins. Okay. Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, UAB, A and M. Go through them again, and I'll tell you. I'll, I'll go winnable, losable. Well, they're all losable. Yeah, I think they're all. I mean, because look, I don't think they're. Well, losing look, UAB. I'll even do the likely loss after this. All right, at Auburn, our likely loss. Tennessee at home. Tennessee in Baton Rouge. Our likely loss. I I think Tennessee's got a chance to be pretty good in Gainesville. Oh, that's a loss today. Ole Miss at LSU. The way Ole Miss played, the way Ole Miss played defense, I think I would go likely loss. I think Ole Miss likely wins that game. Alabama in Baton Rouge. Oh, forget it. <laughs> it's in Baton Rouge, though. I don't care. Could be on the moon. Yeah. LSU at Arkansas. It's probably a loss. The way that Arkansas plays offense, I think they would score enough points that 
It'd be a struggle. Which, if you're right, they would probably beat UAB, but that'd be one downtrodden group at that point. Ooh. And then A&M. With the Blazers coming in, ready to. An A&M in College Station. It's an L. Maybe a resounding L. That's their schedule. Boy. I mean, look, we're doing overreaction Monday here, but. It would take worst case everything off the freaking table. I understand that. But how does last place three and in the nine SEC? is not off out of the realm from a one week? Yeah, no, they're they're going to do better than that. They are, but I wasn't blown away by the quarterback in a league full of we're watching quarterbacks. Like you, you, you watch. Obviously, you see Bryce Young, and he's phenomenal. And you see uh, Stetson Bennett, who doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. And you watch Richardson light the world on fire. And you know Levis is good. And um, K.J. Jefferson did some good things in a win over Cincinnati. And you, you, we watched Jackson Dart, who I actually thought did a lot of good things, frankly, um, if I'm just I, people being negative. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's just a bunch of quarterbacks better than what Daniels was. No, he was not impressive to me at all. There was nothing about his day that was impressive. And they usually have that back that's like a just a dude. And I didn't see him last night. I give him some credit for the comeback. Oh, sure. Could have quit. Well, no, but they were about to – you don't toss sweep right there. You don't toss the ball. Because you, you're better – a field goal puts you up two scores. Yes. Oh, yeah, you could kneel and kick the field goal. Yes. Like, what the hell was that? It's really a shame that Florida State won that game. They didn't have to answer for that. Because they should have to answer for what in the hell were you doing? Like, on the call sheet, right? (laughs) Okay, not that. (laughs) But let's call that. No, you just said not that. Toss right. No. Just do a little quarterback keeper. Look, worst case is you don't get it and you kick a field goal. Yeah, you're up 10 points with a minute left. Yeah, I agree. I would take Dart over Daniels all day, every day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going through this in my mind. Like, what quarterbacks would I not take over Daniels based on what I saw? I'd definitely take Hendon Hooker over Daniels for sure. I don't remember Missouri's quarterback play enough to say that with him emphatically. But you know what? I, now that I think about it, I think I'd take the kid at Missouri. He was okay the other night. Who was their Te- quarterback? I can't remember his name, but he was okay against Tech. Because Bezalak's at Indiana, right? Yeah. Yeah. I might take Daniels over Bezalak, but. It'll be our topic for tomorrow, or it's our topic for tomorrow as it is on most Tuesdays. We're finally getting NFL on Thursday night. The Rams continuing to say that Stafford is not going to be limited, but they're saying it so much that it makes me think he is limited. Yeah. Trying to convince themselves that he is fine. Or trying to convince the Bills that you do have to play some cover too. Yeah, and, and by the way, and, and Alan's right here. Yeah. The play that they scored on, they handed the ball to a fullback. And it worked out. I mean, to a linebacker lined up at fullback. Yeah. It was cute. That had Hugh Freeze written all over it. Cute doesn't win. Not big. 
Did you watch anything with Georgia and Alabama oh. the other day and go, that's cute? Nothing looked cute. It was whatever the opposite of cute is. The six foot seven, two hundred seventy pound tight end for Georgia wasn't cute. No, watching Georgia and the Alabama, Saints could use him right now. Uh, you're ahead. a little old for uh, United uh, Mutual Mutual of Omaha United uh, Animal Kingdom, right? I mean, I'm aware of what you're talking about. Where you'd see the lion chasing down like a gazelle, and he just wore him out, and then he just pounced. Yeah. There was nothing cute about that. No matter how hard you cheered for the little gazelle, you knew it was in trouble. Probably what Alabama's going to do to Texas this weekend. Yeah. And it's absolutely what Georgia did. I mean, or Georgia suffocated Oregon to an extent. It, what Georgia did to Oregon is illegal in most states. Like, I know, I know well, Georgia's I, out on bond right I now. I get everybody's picking on Bo Nix, but he wasn't alone in getting overwhelmed by the Bulldogs on Saturday. Well, yeah, I heard somebody in the press box go, Bo Nix sure knows how to lose to Georgia. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's Bo Nix's fault that they can't block anybody? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean I'm, not, I'm not saying Bo Nix is an NFL quarterback. Don't don't get me I wrong. I mean, had Stetson Bennett played for Oregon, they wouldn't have won the game on Saturday. Yeah, Bo would have liked to have made that trade. Yeah. Maybe it's not 49-3, to three, but it's uh, still a lot to a little. Georgia's, Georgia's athletes at the line of scrimmage is well, – They blow everything up to an extent that you can't play. it. You can't run your system. No, you can't. Because it doesn't look like what it has to look like because you can't block them. The one that it still sticks out to me, and I've heard Tyler say this too, the game that sticks out with Georgia last year where you realize what they are defensively was when Arkansas came into there. The week before Arkansas came here. Okay. Um, Arkansas had just beaten Texas and Texas A&M, and, and, and Chase, they couldn't move the football forward. Any. And that's kind of what Georgia does to people. They're just suffocating. And now they're so athletic on offense, too. Just weapons. Weapons. And they're downfield blocking. And you listen to Kirby after the game talk about how, you know, we talked about before the game that you have to be hungry. Full players are average you have to stay hungry. It's the challenge. It's been the challenge here in the past. We've had players who start out hungry and good, and they get full, and they're not good towards the end. I mean, he was very transparent about the maturation of the Georgia program. I'm just gonna my, my like week one hot take takeaway is: uh, Can we not count Georgia out? Because I watched Ohio State too, and based on what I watched, Georgia would beat Ohio State. And, and, and Again, it's Notre possible Dame's that Notre Oregon. Dame is really good. Well, Notre Dame's probably better than Oregon. Well, they're better than Oregon. And it's possible that Notre Dame's really good. I, if, I would, if I had a vote because of level of opponent, I would vote Georgia number one today. You're the defending champions, and you beat a top 11 team 49 to 3. And they, yeah, you, you know what, you're right. I had Alabama one, Georgia two, just because Alabama did nothing to fall out of. I would one. have flipped it, but just, while realizing, look, whatever. But yeah, 
you got the crown on and you beat the better opponent to death. Yeah. Because like I said, I think it's, again, Alabama's going to beat every damn body, but I think Utah State's potentially bad. They might be. Like said, I, I watched too much of UConn-Utah State. Right. What Alabama looked like was just a machine. And you hear people there talking about how he just loves this team. It's maybe his favorite team. And the quarterback play. Young is really good. Ooh, Florida would finish last in the SEC West. I don't think that's true. No, Florida's no. Florida's significantly better than LSU and Mississippi State. Yeah, at least. That's... And, I, and I, I like Florida better than Arkansas right now. And I think I like Florida better than Ole Miss right now. Yeah, because, I mean, Florida State, I mean, their goal is still just basically make a bowl. I mean, they're going to lose State. games. Yeah, they're going to lose games. Although the ACC might just. Yeah, well, we'll see. Pit t- I mean, when, I, I, I when Notre Dame plays Florida State, I mean, when North Carolina plays Florida State, somebody's got to win. Pittsburgh, Tennessee is one of the most interesting games of the week. I'm already looking forward to watching that game at 2.30. Like, I'm in my mind thinking, okay, halftime of that game, I'll drive to Vaught-Hemingway so that I can see the second half. That's how interesting. I'm, I'm dialed into that one. That's really good. Because if if Tennessee whips Pittsburgh, the SEC is elite. Okay, yeah. I mean, because Tennessee is going to be, what, fifth, sixth at best in the SEC probably? Pittsburgh's probably top two or three in the ACC. Yeah. If, if, if Tennessee goes to Pittsburgh and wins handedly, I think it's a sign that, boy, the SEC is loaded. I'll buy that. And the early returns are the SEC is loaded. Look, Utah was considered by a lot of people to be a college football playoff contender, and they, they couldn't beat a Florida team that most people think is like fifth or sixth in the league at best. I mean, the early signs for the SEC are really good. Team from out west, coming south, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff. You, you see what, what uh, Georgia did to Utah. Uh, Arkansas beat Cincinnati. I mean, the early signs of the league's pretty damn good. Yeah. Who you got? Huh? I said who you got left. Oh, my bad. Oh, we're also brought to you by uh, Corinth Dental. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental's helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter healthier smile 12 months no interest no down payment financing available at corinthdental.com pinpoint commercial real estate's based out of jackson they service the entire state in all commercial asset classes such as industrial retail office medical and land they provide a plethora of commercial real estate services but the core focus is sourcing investment properties For his clients, BB advises clients looking to acquire income-producing property with all risk tolerance levels ranging from vacant buildings to investment-grade stabilized assets. Pinpoint takes pride in its attention to detail, professionalism, and hard work. 
For all of your commercial real estate needs, call B.B. Mitchell, 601-934-5008. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, horseback riding offerings. Also, it's a great venue for parties, for events. So get in touch with uh, Ben and Hillary Craddock, Bowers Cone, Susan Walt, the people there at Southern Traditions Farm on Facebook or Instagram. Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Uh, let's see. Got something else up. One second. I did. Um, I did thought it was kind of funny because I mean, Smart was just telling the truth. You mentioned George's press conference, but obviously he was asking about Dan Lanning and everything yeah. and the whatever and. Yeah. Smart had the quote, and he goes, uh, they'll bounce back from this, and he knows we have better players. Um, he'll never say that, but that's the truth. He just knows we have better players. Sure. Yeah. It's very true. true. It's it just – Kirby's just kind of being super transparent, which is usually a scary sign. That usually yeah, that means, usually means, oh, hell. I got a team. I've got a team. Because he does. <laughs> Stetson Bennett is underrated. He's a good quarterback. Well, he's a good quarterback who's also a really good game manager, and with that – array of talent if you can just make a few plays and manage the game and not make mistakes and be accurate you're going to be hell and they were they were hell because of the monday game there's no ap top 25 update i've gotten asked that a couple times it will come after um georgia my guess Ole Miss was what 21 my guess is Ole Miss will be about 19 well i mean i'm looking and i don't nothing really happened below them i mean i'm looking to see where they can even move up to and there's not a spot i mean utah is not falling I don't think past Ole Miss. No, no, no. I don't think so. They shouldn't. Um, Notre Dame is not falling past Ole Miss. Florida's going to move in. Oh, that's true, too. NC State won. No, they were bad. They They they, might fall a little, but they're not falling from 13 to 21 after winning. Could, but probably not. Um, And that's it. Everybody else won. Yes, Ole Miss. Because right in front of Ole Miss is Kentucky, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Pitt, Miami, Michigan State. And they all won. To my knowledge. Yeah. So I don't might, even, to might even drop a spot because of Florida. Yeah, and you've got Houston who beat UTSA. I don't know if they could jump. I don't think so, but probably not. Ole Miss didn't do anything to merit a fall, but they didn't do anything to merit some big jump. Twenty-one either. to twenty-five is Ole Miss, Wake, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. So Cincinnati will fall out. Florida, Florida, in. Florida moves in. Tennessee can move in. Yeah, Tennessee looked like a top 25 team. They can move in. But it's anybody that gets all super worked up about it. If you fall to 22, it's just not the end of the world. It'd be all right. It doesn't matter. Look, Ole Miss's season starts October the 1st. It's been that way for a while. Yeah. So We'll do a good bit of NFL tomorrow. Again, Thursday night, Rams and Bills. Got several things written down for uh, NFL coverage and then leading up to uh, just a great weekend of college football. It's not necessarily in Oxford. Ole Miss has Central Arkansas. Night First night game, game at Vaught-Hemingway. And Luke Altmaier will start. Lane Kiffin will speak to the media this afternoon, so we'll have any reaction to that on the site at Rebel Grove and tomorrow on this here podcast. So I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.